the Oklahoma City Thunder hang tough against the Phoenix Suns despite missing a ton of key pieces like Shea Gilders Alexander and the plethora of players that are in the health and safety protocol. Ty Jerome has a revenge game. Aaron Wiggins continues to be very successful uh, throughout this last week. And are there such things as moral victories as the Thunder hang in there with the Suns on the second night of a back-to-back? All this and more on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod and email the show. LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Truebill, we'll dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder loss to the Phoenix Suns as SGA misses another game due to ankle soreness. Derek Favors returns from health and safety protocols. Aaron Wiggins continues to thrive. And is there such a thing as moral victories in the NBA? We'll talk about all that coming up. But today's show, again, is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is an app that saves you money by helping you cancel and not pay for subscriptions you don't want or need anymore. And they can even negotiate better deals for the subscriptions that you want to keep. So check out Truebill as well. So in this game, we start the way we always do with our game overview. And that is that Josh Giddy enters the league's health and safety protocols. Of course, he's been there this week. So has Darius Baisley, Pokashevsky, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Remember that Vic Ritchie's out with the blue assignment, though he is nursing a right ankle injury. And then moments before tip-off, Shea hurts his right ankle as right ankle soreness, no update post-game about uh, any of that scenario. So we'll hear more pregame Friday to see if he plays in the annual New Year's Eve game uh, as they take on the Knicks. Now for the Suns, Jay Crowder, Abdel Nader, Frank Kaminsky, Ish, uh, uh, Wainwright, Dario Saric, and DeAndre Ayton were all out, as well as Alfred Payton. Derek Favors, though, returns from health and safety protocols, uh, making you throw your hands up in the air a bit for not, not really knowing when these guys are back. So that's why uh, I don't talk about uh, the COVID protocols too much because at a moment's notice, these guys can return and enter and out. So I just give you what the NBA gives us in the media and I just tell it to you like it is. So Favors is back somehow. Glad he's back. Glad he's healthy. Glad he played in this game. And then Gabriel Deck was a DNP coach's decisions. The Thunder starter starters were Ty Jerome in place of SGA. And then the same as it was yesterday, Lou Dort, Wiggins, Watson Jr. and Isaiah Roby. The Suns start out with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Michael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, and JaVale McGee. Now, on that Gabriel Deck topic, this was really the only uh, rotational question you can have or debate you can have or topic you can have was the fact that Gabriel Deck did not play. Uh, It is weird, especially because he only played 10 minutes yesterday and he played very well in those 10 minutes and the Thunder are, again, very shorthanded. But the Thunder did shrink the rotation. Of course, Saar only played one minute. Edwards only played one minute in his NBA debut. And then Scotty Hobson, though, replaces uh, deck and gets not only 10 minutes, but gets 17 minutes in this outing as favors returns as well. But maybe deck decided not to play uh, because if you've been keeping up with it, it's been a weird scenario all along. The signing was weird from the moment it happened. It was really just to get the thunder back to the salary floor. And it hasn't produced much else than that. Even though every time that they've put deck on the floor, he's played very well. 
as I said yesterday, Deck can play on the moon. He can play in the EuroLeague. He can play in the Olympic setting. He can play in the NBA setting. To not play tonight was very strange. Very, very strange. But maybe Deck decided, hey, I don't want to play. I don't want to risk my health. You have not been giving me opportunities or minutes this entire season. And so now I'm not going to risk uh, hurting myself after not playing a lot since November, since October, since the start of the season, and ramping back up to play two straight nights. Maybe it was Deck's call. Maybe it was the Thunder's call. It's weird all the way around, no matter whose call that it was. But how did the Thunder stay competitive in this game? You have to give the Thunder a ton of credit in this game. They had really good grit and energy despite losing a ton of key pieces in the protocol. And also, before the game, at a moment's notice, losing their star player in SGA who dropped 30 points the night before. They still came out there and performed very, very well. The Suns did not pull away from this game uh, until late in the fourth quarter. Now, that's what good teams do, right? That's the difference between playing the Kings and the Suns. Against the Kings yesterday, the, the Kings pulled away to the tune of a six-point win. And in this game, the Suns were able to go out there and win this game 115-97. to So that, that's kind of the, the big glaring differences between these two clubs, as well as the West being led by the Suns and them being fresh off a title run the, and the Kings not being in the playoffs in who knows how long. But the Thunder made seven threes and the Suns made 12. The Suns out-rebounded the Thunder 56 to 45. The Suns had three more turnovers, though, and shot 46% from the floor, 35% from three, and 75% the line. The Thunder shot 39% from the floor, 20% from three, and 85% the line. The Thunder had 10 more points in the paint. They lost the second chance point battle, and they won the fast break points, though it was just 10 to 8. The Thunder shot 45% in the third quarter, but only 15% in the fourth, and that's where the Suns swelled their lead. The Thunder made 50% of their shots in the first half, but just 31% in that second half due to that horrendous fourth quarter shooting effort. You could tell that this team that lacked depth, that lacked their star players, just lost their legs. And the Suns, to their credit, took advantage of that. And and they made the run that they uh, do as a good team to extend this lead and make it look uh, worse than it really was. Uh, The Thunder had uh, five players in double figures. The Suns had six. And of course, Devin Booker was awesome. Devin Booker scored 38 points. Uh, on 50% shooting, but a huge hat to begin to Mike Wilkes, uh, who steps in and this team for rallying around it. Because it's not just those players that we mentioned that have been so important and have been such a vital part of the rotation and even starters like Josh Giddy and Baisley and Poku and Jerry and Vitt and Shea. Uh, but also, I mean, you're losing your head coach in Mark and you're losing your top assistant coach in Dave Bliss. And the Thunder still find a way to stick, to- stick together these last two games and make it really fun and competitive basketball. I mean, whenever we tweeted out the fact that Shea was going to miss this game. There was about uh, 17 comments, give or take, that the Thunder were going to lose by 75 points, 76 points, 80 points uh, to the Suns, and yet the Thunder still stayed very strong. So is there such a thing as moral victories? And in my opinion, there is. Uh, I think that moral victories is really just context. Uh, Now, you know, you can't have too many of them, right? It's a balance like anything else, but if there was not such a thing as moral victories, why would you ever watch the game? Why would you ever care about the game? Why would you ever listen to basketball podcasts about the game? Because if there's no such thing as moral victories, then to me, that sans context. And to me, then you could get every information piece that you wanted by a box score. Who won? Who lost? Move on with your life. Don't waste your time watching. Don't waste your time consuming media about it. Who won? Who lost? That's the end of the story. So, so to me, moral victories are, are not this feather in your cap necessarily. It's more so just contextualizing why or how you won or lost a game. And in this case, you lost the game, but for X, Y, and Z reasons, it's still a game in which you can appreciate the effort, appreciate uh, the toughness, the grit, 
and the play on the court from individual players who stepped up in a big way like Ty Jerome, who had his career high in points, like Aaron Wiggins, who had his second 20-point night and is the only Thunder rookie so far this year to have 20 points in a game. And it's just explaining the details of why they lost and the fact that they didn't get blown out the way that everyone anticipated is a big deal. Now, of course, the score looks more lopsided at the end of the game than it actually was than in the flow of the game. Uh, so the scoreboard still looks very lopsided considering uh, that this was a closer game before the end of the fourth round of the Thunder shot 15% from, from the floor in the fourth quarter. But nonetheless, uh, it does not mean you go home and uh, hang a banner or that you hand out a trophy or that you get a blue ribbon, but uh, you do get to hang your head higher than, say, that game against Memphis when we lost by 75 points or whatever it was, 73 points or whatever. It's... It's just adding to the conversation. And to me, I can't think of a way not to be proud of this Thunder team right now. Sure, these are two losses coming off of a three-in-one week and coming off of uh, you playing the best brand of basketball you've played all season long, but there's reasons for that. It's not just uh, the the, the top-of-the-line players that you have. You know, It's not your best roster going out there and having a dud week. This is a makeshift roster with a totally new starting lineup, with players who have not been playing in your rotation, with a new head coach on the sidelines, without your top assistant coach to help him along, and he's done a great job, Mike Wilkes has, and these players have done a great job. And so if that's a moral victory, that's a moral victory. But again, it's nothing more or nothing less than just context and just appreciation for what transpired considering the expectation level. So I think that there is moral victories. I think that tonight was one of them. Now, in different stages of your franchise, in different stages of your team, in different stages of your career, you can no longer get by with moral victories. It's like anything else. You know, it, it takes a balance. It takes an understanding of what was at hand in that game. The Lakers battling the Grizzlies tonight on the second night of back-to-back is not going to feel like a moral victory for Lakers fans who want that team to go win a championship and has struggled uh, so far this year. Now, if the Thunder did that in the second half of back-to-back and and had two hard-fought games back-to-back, then for the Thunder, at their stage in the franchise and at their stage of their season and of their path to try and get back to contention, it feel pretty good, just as this one does. And after that three-in-one week last week, you can regroup today before the annual New Year's Eve game tomorrow, and you can say, hey, we had Shea both games. If we had a full uh, roster, probably 2-0 and this week. On, on the Tuesday and, and, and Wednesday. Now, who knows how the Suns counteract you having a full roster in the sense of their uh, intensity level, in the, in the sense of their uh, kind of try for this game, for lack of a better word. So maybe you don't win that Suns game, obviously, as this was a bigger disparage uh, on the scoreboard than it actually was. So maybe that they come out of the gate stronger and faster and punch in the mouth earlier than they did. But I think that you win that, that Kings game if you have a full roster. And so you're one and one taking on the Kings, who's right in that range for the play-in, and the Suns, who are the best in the West. And then you take on a struggling Knicks team whose starting lineup was just atrocious tonight, but their secondary units of their credit pulled them off a win. And then you play the Mavericks, who are without 90% of their roster and are even hit worse by COVID protocols than you are right now on Sunday. That's how easily this season and this year for the NBA can change. You're riding high for a brief moment, three and one. Shea is the Western Conference Player of the Year. I mean, I should say Western Conference Player of the Week. <laughs> but 20 minutes after that, we got the news that all of these players entered health and safety protocols. 
and it changes on a dime. I take you back to Monday night. This team was a game out of the play-in. Team was right there. And then two duds of a game because of the lack of rosters, even though you still played well. And now you're kind of back where everyone thought you'd be uh, towards the, the top of the Tankathon reverse standings list. But how did the Thunder win or lose this game? And what players stood out tonight for the Oklahoma City Thunder? We're going to talk all about that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, what are our friends over at Truebill? Truebill is incredible, folks. You know why free trials renew without your consent. It's because businesses scam you out of your money. So do not let these greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions right now. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need, want, or simply forgot you had. On average, people save $720 per year at Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And a Truebill concierge is there when you need them the most and want to cancel your unwanted subscriptions so you do not have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and they've saving, they're saving them through $100 million every single year. So go and subscribe to Truebill or use Truebill by going to Truebill.com slash LockedMBA and start canceling today and do not fall for subscription scams anymore. That's Truebill.com slash LockedMBA. Truebill.com slash LockedMBA and do not fall for sub scams anymore. It could save you thousands of dollars a year at Truebill.com slash LockedMBA. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. And for your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Now podcast, a nightly recap of every NBA game with a breakdown from our local experts. Listen to Lockdown Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even on YouTube, Lockdown NBA YouTube channel. You're going to get there on that channel, our Insider Podcast, which has Antonio Daniels, who, of course, is an NBA veteran and was your studio host in Oklahoma City, now the color analyst in New Orleans, uh, and our Lockdown NBA Podcast, a five-day-week podcast about everything happening around the NBA, and now this Lockdown Now Podcast, breaking down every single game from the night before, so you can have that instant reaction and recap from a game that you probably didn't get to because it's impossible to get to every single NBA game uh, each and every night. So you can do that though with locked on now. Let's get back to this thunder game for uh, a second here with Lou Dort, who sadly in this game went over seven for three after a step back off the dribble three was called back due to his foot being on the line. It ends the second longest streak in the NBA of consecutive three pointers made at 46. You can guess who has the first overall streak, which is Steph Curry, nine points on 18 shot attempts, five rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, would have loved more from Lou Dort again. I mean, this is the second straight night where you would have loved more from Lou Dort. And I, I think that the context of that is that he's a very boomer bust player whenever he is put in a spot to, you know, to do more of the creation uh, abilities and, and, and situations. No SGA tonight. He's put more in that point guard role at certain times, and it can be a huge boom like it was that night. He dropped 40 points, but it can also, uh, you know, be like tonight where he's pressing a bit, where he cannot create for himself. Uh, sets up others in, in a slight way, but again, doesn't scare anybody offensively on his own, but can, but where he thrives on offense is whenever Josh Giddy SGA kind of find him in rhythm for three, because he's not afraid to shoot shots and he'll take a shot at any time. Once he's set up for one, 
And he's a great cutter, and he's, he does things well off ball. But when you put him on ball, you might get a night like you did in Utah. You might get a night like tonight, and often it's not like tonight. And so it's not really fair to me to judge Dort on a game in which he was put in a setting that the Thunder don't typically want him in and that he doesn't typically want to be in and that uh, you know we'll never truly see him in whenever this team is trying to compete, right? When this team is fully healthy, when this team is fully constructed, and there's no more rebuilding, tanking is a word that's foreign to us again, and – they're just trying to win a championship. Things would have to go incredibly wrong for Lou Dort to be one of the main primary ball handlers and playmakers for your team. So him being in that scenario in two straight games, especially in this one, it's hard to hold against him. He's just It's just unnatural from what it looks like. You know, It, it looks like as though, again, he's boom or bust, and tonight he busted, and some, t- and some days he'll boom when he gets that opportunity. But Aaron Wiggins is sensational. Wiggins is so fun to watch. He gets so much praise on Instagram, social media, and in these media settings from his players, his coaches, everything else. 22 points. He scored his second 20-point night. Of course, he's the only Thunder rookie with a 20-point night. He made 52% of his shots, one for five from three, but I did like him shooting threes more. Eight rebounds and assists, two steals. Really good defender, really good communicator on defense to help others out on that end of the floor and make his teammates better as a defender. And what I love about Aaron Wiggins, right, is that we can go all in on Wiggins. In my opinion, we can go all in on Aaron Wiggins. I, like, you should not be afraid of what happened to you this year with Teo Maldon, right? Last year, we thought, hey, Teo could have six-man-of-the-year potential. He could be a really good backup point guard that's so hard to find, as we saw in Oklahoma City for a long time. And this year, Maldon's a big dud so far, right? He's not having a great year, didn't have a great summer league. It's just not the same player right now. And I think that that might be holding some back from diving into Aaron Wiggins, another second round project that kind of fell to the Thunder at 55 and is playing way above his draft slot. But the most comforting part of it to me and why I'm so comfortable coming on here every single day and praising Wiggins and praising him on Twitter and going overboard with my love for Aaron Wiggins is that, as I said, as I said yesterday, his, his ceiling to me is a, top-end playoff rotational player. His floor is a player that helps you survive an 82-game season and helps you win games in that season to get you in the proper season that you want. And the reason I think that his his floor is not lower than that is because while he has these flashy games where he scores 22 points, 20 points, and 14 points, and, and he just does things offensively to help you get out of these lulls, I feel so confident and comfortable in it because it's not in these flashy ways. It's not in these step-back and spinning in the lane, throwing up a, a flip shot. I guess it's not those kind of buckets. These are repeatable. These are sustainable buckets. These are shots that you want him taking every single time he takes them. These are amazing cuts that, that find the soft spot of the zone. These are smart cuts, great relocation from him. And again, it's just repeatable, right? Every player in the NBA is really good at basketball. Whoever you think the worst player in this league is, is really good at basketball. And they can all have nights where they're hitting step back threes and they're spinning through the lane, through traffic and winning on your entire defense, right? They, everyone in this league can do that on any given night. And they're so good. They can have stretches of that kind of performances for two games or two weeks or on a tanking team like last year's team was where you're just simply rolling the ball out there and your roster looks totally different at the end of the year than it did, you know, at the start of it. They can do it for half a season 
when given the high usage. But with Wiggins, his shots are not like that. You, know, you do not need to decipher and pick between Wiggins' shots because he's only taking shots within the flow of the offense. And he's only taking uh, great looks that no matter what the team is around him, tanking team, competitive team, whatever it is, no matter his usage rate, no matter anything, he can get these shots off at any time. So it's more sustainable, I think, than other players we've fallen for in the past. Uh, and I said the past, these last couple of seasons. I, I think that you should go all in on your love for Aaron Wiggins because this this is going to be a legitimately good player in the NBA. Uh, and and Roby is, is one of the more interesting topics, in my opinion, from this game. He fouls out, has 10 points, three rebounds, and assists, four for six from the floor, two for uh, three from three. Uh, again, the fouling out on defense is more of what I said at the start of the season, where Roby and JRE are both good players, both have NBA futures, but they're very redundant. And the edge goes to JRE in shooting and on defense. And that gets you more playing time. That gets you more opportunity. And the fact that you're just newer and you just invested two second round picks in JRE and you didn't invest really much of anything in Roby that gets you up the pecking order or order higher, especially as it's two redundant players that don't really, that have really the same skill set. And so, and want to play the same position, that small ball five nature, whenever they're really probably power forwards, right? So games like tonight show you and remind you, hey, Roby's an NBA player. But when this cast of players is fully healthy and fully together, you haven't seen Roby play much under Mark in this season. And so it creates this kind of conundrum that I predicted after the draft. They're both here. They're both good. But they're the same guy, really. Only one's better. And so, and so what does the Thunder do with Roby? Can they find a trade partner at the deadline for Roby? Do they hold on to him? Do they find minutes for him by maybe cutting out or shutting down wherever phrase you want to use Muscala or favors, but Muscala is a big part of why this team has been successful this year. And so I think that it creates an interesting conundrum as we see yet again in this stretch of games that, Hey, Roby can play in this league. Maybe not, you know, of course the, the minute lows, he's getting these two days, these two days by, by necessity, but Nonetheless, he deserves more minutes than he's getting this year. And credit to Roby for having a great attitude and going down to the blue and playing very well for the blue and not pouting and moping. And then when it's time for get, to get called up and it's time for him to get his chance here, in the, chance here in the NBA setting, he's still playing very well. And he's not ball hogging or moping. Again, just playing his style. And every time you've seen him play, he's played very consistently. That, that, that is very hard to do, especially during these layoffs that you get uh, in no NBA minutes. But it's an interesting decision for the Thunder. Because again, these are both really going to be players. You're obviously going to keep JRE. Like he's not going to go anywhere. Do you find a trade between now and the deadline for a big man, whether that's Roby, Favors, Muscala, probably not Muscala either, right? And with Favors, the hard part with Favors is his player option. How many teams are going to want to take that on? Because he's going to pick up his player option next year, obviously, to get that money. Maybe Roby could be on the outside looking in by no fault of his own. No fault of Roby's own. Like Roby's still a very good player, but just by fault of, hey, we like this other guy more, right? And that can happen with East NBA players, and it does all the time. Now, I do want to say right now, though, but I got friends over at betonline.ag, and I like them way more than any other site like this because betonline.ag is your number one spot for sport action this year as we conclude the holiday season. We've got you covered. You're going to be watching the Coswell playoffs tomorrow. You're going to be watching the Thunder tomorrow. You're going to be watching the NFL all the way through their postseason. So make sure while you're watching them, it gets more entertaining for you and you can bet on them at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on and receive your bonus. Our code locked on 
We'll get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of these amazing offers today. But online is your fast and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. But online where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you again for listening to Lockdown Thunder, making your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. And for your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Now Podcast. For your third listen, we still got you covered, baby. Lockdown Bets, they're winning you money and betting on all these sporting events and telling you how to bet at betonline.ag. You can win some money for free on that free podcast. That's every single day as well. So let's continue on with this game. We've touched on a ton of great topics, but... Perhaps the most interesting was Ty Jerome's revenge game. And he scores 24 points against the Suns, career high, five assists, uh, eight rebounds, three steals, only two turnovers, which is huge. Again, Jerome, much like Lou Dort, was put in a more on-ball playmaking point guard role, and they've both done that in college before, but it's a different ball game in the NBA. And Jerome handled it very well, only the two turnovers, and had the five assists. Uh, and, of course, swapped jerseys with Devin Booker after the game. Booker in the post-game media session called him his rep, you know, because, of course, Jerome was there with Booker and Phoenix and uh, Jerome was Booker's rookie. And the more most interesting phrase to me uh, or quote to me after the game was Ty Jerome saying that, or Aaron Wiggins saying that Ty Jerome told him before the game, he needs Marilyn Wiggins back. And you see stories like this where Wiggins said Jerome was of course that big inspiration before the game for him. Uh, talking about, you know, he needs Wiggins to play like he did in Maryland. Uh, so obviously Jerome has watched, college ball of, of Aaron Wiggins. And you see Jerome hyping up SGA all the time on the sidelines, even on games where Jerome is getting zero minutes. He's still locked and engaged and rooting on his teammates. And again, just being engaged in the contest that he's not playing in. That's very hard to do for most NBA players who have gotten experience in this league and have gotten an opportunity and now have, have it taken away from them for a stretch of games. And you put all that context into it. And it seems like Jerome's a leader of this team. Uh, and and some guys are just naturally natural born leaders, and it seems like Ty Jerome's one of those players. It really does, and it was good to see him get his performance. And then it's a hard thing to do. It's hard to score twenty four points in the NBA. It's especially hard to do it after not playing for a long stretch of times and not having a ton of scores around you where they can kind of uh, focus on you once you get hot in this contest. And then again, ramping up your body and just going for it and playing NBA minutes after this long layoff is hard enough. <laughs> I mean. It's hard to stay ready. It's hard to stay consistent. It's hard to stay uh, in game shape or uh, it's hard to stay just mentally there whenever you've gotten benched for a couple of games in a row or for weeks in a row at a time for Ty Jerome. So uh, I was happy for him after a kind of shaky game yesterday. He took zero threes yesterday. And in today's game, uh, he launched a few threes uh, as well. So it's good to see him getting back to shooting threes as well. You could tell it's a good night for him in Phoenix. Muscala scored 13 points, got five rebounds, an assist, 44% from three, two for four from three for Muscala. Love the game from him. And shout out to Paul Watson Jr. A second start in a row, 11 points, six rebounds, two assists, 55% from the floor. His best game in Oklahoma City. Went one for five from deep. And this could have been a much bigger game for Watson if he would have knocked down those threes, obviously. And he can do it. He has that three-point range. So hopefully if he continues to play this week uh, without, without knowing what's going to happen with the health and safety protocols, hopefully – those shots start to fall, and he has a pretty big game on, on Friday. But happy birthday to Paul Watson Jr., same day as LeBron James. So whenever you see the hashtag GOAT Day today, that's obviously referring to Paul Watson Jr. Better today was Suns minus 15.5. Moneyball pick was Lou Dort. That obviously failed. And the MVP of this game, you know, I'm going to give it to Ty Jerome. 
Ty Jerome played uh, very well. Uh, they had that nice floater in the lane that I love to see from him. I, I think that with Ty Jerome, it's much like a Roby scenario where you have to understand he's a good NBA player. Like he might not be playing much this season, but he can ball, he can hoop, he can he can be in this league. And maybe that fit is just not Oklahoma City, but it's with another organization. But I hope that it is in OKC because I like the things that Jerome can do for a bench unit, even if he's just a player that helps you bridge a gap, right? It, when this roster and the dust settles, maybe Jerome's role in the NBA is just simply to make you survive an 82-game season and then play spot minutes in the playoffs depending on the matchup, depending on if you maybe need a spark offensively. Maybe that's just his ceiling in the NBA, and that's still a very, very important role for a lot of teams. So what's to come on Locked on Thunder? Friday, we're going to have draft talk and grading the season so far, plus New Year's resolutions. Saturday is a Knicks recap, and Monday is a Mavs recap as we do this all over again five days a week. So subscribe to Locked on Thunder for free so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.